I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back on primetime action, live from the South Point, Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, and Kelly Bidlin. Uh, since, since we've been gone here, we have had not one but two goals. First, Edmonton tied it up at two goals apiece. And much like what happened with their first goal, immediately Colorado comes back and scores. And now Colorado back up 3-2. to two, And there was a review on this. Now, we don't have audio. And uh, has there been a penalty already? None too? of us are not. Bo- n- neither of us are Bobby Orr. No, we thought it was offside. We thought <laughs> we thought it was. We thought that was offsides. Yeah. And apparently, they allowed the goal. Oh yeah, we made up new stuff when you were gone yesterday. Yeah. That's what you get for being out. Yeah, we made up a whole bunch of stuff. Colorado three. This Edmonton. is now. This is now offsides in hockey. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah, the like the sideline warning symbol is 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 now offsides. In hockey. Okay, got you. Yeah. Colorado three, Edmonton two, and that's the end of the first period. And Lou Finicaro uh, informs us it's a delayed offsides. Sure. Sheesh. Sure. You got that, Kelly? Totally. Delayed offsides. Yeah, I got it. So there's that. I also learned that apparently you get a penalty if you have a failed challenge, which is why they're on a power play. Jason Weingarten, frequent guest of uh, of a numbers game and also on this network and on this program. I've, I'm very interested in this PGA versus Saudi thing because golfers are contractors, and Justin Johnson just said to the PGA, what are you going to do about it? Which we speculated too, right? That maybe some of these guys are like, really? You think you're going to do something to me? Let's let's find out if you're going to do something to me. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they'll – I mean, like I said, I mean, it's, it's, the, it's very, very similar to the UFC. And, I mean, like, they'll yeah. they'll just – They'll just ban you. Like, I mean, like the UFC is not going to let you go fight for, not going to let you go fight for Bellator. Like you, you know. So it's, it's like not going to happen. So there's, they'll just say, okay, cool. You want to go do that? Let's bring in Sia Najad, who is kind enough to join us once again. NFL and PGA analyst for Win Daily Sports, First Cut Podcast, uh, co-host of the Win Daily Show on Sirius XM Fantasy. How you doing, Sia? I'm doing well. And you know, Gil, with my attorney background, I got to say, I tweeted about this a few weeks ago, very briefly. I think DJ has already lawyered up and, and knows exactly what he's doing. He's going to make his money. He's going to be the face of this tour, which maybe he wants to be for whatever reason. And I think he plans on playing on the PGA tour. And I think he's he's already set. And I'm speculating, of course, but I think he's already set for a pretty big legal battle that I think his lawyers have told him he's going to win. I think he's going to win that battle as well. Wow. And I will, I will concede to you. I will, I will uh, defer to you on that. And and I'm thinking you're probably right. Uh, why do you? Why are you so confident that he will win that? Because, and, and I don't have the language in front of me. But when the PGA Tour issued their statement um, somewhat recently about why the 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 PGA Tour players who leave are not going to be able to come back, they used a lot of ambiguity that that in terms of the language that they already have in their bylaws or whatever you want to call them. That seemed to not like the, the language seemed to not contemplate like this particular situation. 
And therefore, they don't really have any language, in my opinion, that I've seen that would bar a player from coming back and playing on the PGA Tour. Now, obviously, all of these things have catch-all language that that people can use sort of like general commentary within bylaws or whatever you call them to to have, you know, a legal leg to stand on. But at the end of the day, uh, I don't think they're going to be able to bar these guys from coming back and playing on the PGA Tour. Listen, I could be wrong. I am not neck deep into this yet, but based on the statement that and and sort of the, the gymnastics that they were going through to make that statement and, and to try to make a statement to these PGA players, it seemed like this is pretty tenuous at best. See, so let's take a look here at the memorial. Um, some of these guys, you know, again, John Rahm, super short, can't lay short. Rory, really short here. We start to look at some of these these odds, and I mean, you know, I get it. Obviously, Rom spectacular course history here was going to moonwalk to a win before the, the COVID thing last year and everything. Um, that said, it's hard for me in fields this deep, even if I, you know, run a couple of different models here, these guys are all, you know, towards the top and all that, but it's very, very hard for me in this day and age with these fields being this deep to bet guys at eight to one, 10 to one, 11 to one. It's just, it's just real hard for me to get there. What about you? Do you, do you hit this top, top end of the card very often? Almost never. Yeah. What I do is what, what I did last week was I wait for them to falter on day one or day two, which is not a guarantee, but it's going to create so much more value. I actually hit Sam Burns at 85 to one last week. I was on a show on Thursday evening on the first cut actually saying, hey, this is a very disrespectful number to Sam Burns, who, who quote, pre-flop, thank you, Gil Alexander, had been listed at 30 to one. So po like after Thursday's round, he falls five shots back. There's a lot of people in front of him, but again, he's only five shots back and he, and he becomes 85 to one. I can envision a scenario where John Rahm all of a sudden, you know, is let's say three shots back or four shots back or just has a bad day one. And that plus eight, 800 becomes plus 2200. And then that that's going to open up the value. But a plus 800 in these fields that are so deep now, because the guys like Cameron Young, the guys like Will Zalatoris or um, Davis Riley, Mito Pereira, they're all in contention these days. So to take a plus 800 shot, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. What have you played here so far? Yeah, so I I played some some matchups and I've played okay, so we we have my card here. Like I'll, I'll start with the matchups because I do think it needs to be emphasized that that's kind of where you make your money in these things. Like you don't make them in the outright market. You can, and that'll happen from time to time. But it's really the mid tournament and pre tournament um, matchups that I'm really super fond of. The first one I, I have here is uh, Mito Pereira over Billy Horschel. Both these guys are in pretty good form, but Mito Pereira in, in far better form than Billy Horschel. They're both going to pepper the fairways, which is important here, but Pereira is much better on approach. Billy Horschel has a slight edge in the approach game, but I still overall give the edge to Mito, uh, Mito Pereira. This is minus 115. I honestly think it should probably be a Brown minus 130. I've got Shane Lowry over Matt Fitzpatrick, both of them playing really well, but Shane Lowry is absolutely crushing it as of late. So um, he really does have the complete game, which you need at this course. Uh, Tita Green, he's a monster. Fitzpatrick is good, um, but Shane Lowry, to me, has has a major edge there. So I like that quite a bit. And then the, the last matchup I have is John Rahm minus 135 over Patrick Cantley. So Matt mentioned it. Patrick Cantley won last week, but John Rahm was six shots up before he had to withdraw in round four because of COVID. So give me John Rahm there. Uh, I think he's 
in the better form. He is the better player. Minus 135 is a little juicy. I don't love that. But I, I do think this is a pretty easy win for John Rahm, especially considering the short game woes of Patrick Cantley as of late. See, what type of player overall, whenever you were kind of whittling down everything, were you looking for? I mean, it, it, we've seen it's kind of weird, right? Whenever you look at the winning scores for this tournament, it's not really indicative of how the field plays, right? I mean, like this tournament typically doesn't have very low scores. It just seems like when you look at these, these winners, we've seen some low scores here recently. So it, it looks like it's going to be difficult, should be more difficult, depending on how difficult they want to make these greens again. So what, what were you looking for when you were, were putting your card together? Yeah, so accuracy off the tee is really important to me. Uh, a good approach game, especially with the longer irons, I think that's going to be really critical here. There are small greens here, so you do have to be precise with your iron game. And if you're not, which, listen, not everybody's going to pepper the greens. You're going to, you're probably going to hit them at like a 65% right here. The, the Around the green game has to be pretty good here to win this tournament. Uh, the weather conditions I don't think are going to be too bad. The wind's not going to be up like it was the last couple of weeks. But at the end of the day, you do need the all-around game. But I think it's important to keep it in these fair ways they're pretty easy to hit but it's still important to keep them in the fairways because the rough is pretty penal so i'm looking for guys that are really good ball strikers but also have the around the green game i'm minimizing the putter quite a bit see it by the way congratulations on the sam burns outright we didn't want to act like you didn't say that 85 to 1 you and mateo brown over here both had some Sam Burns. Kelly, you have some Sam oh, Burns as well? No, Kelly didn't have any Sam Burns. Kelly didn't have any Sam Burns. Yeah. No, I had Chris Darn Kirk it. as a first-round leader that got chopped like eight ways. It was cool. <laughs> Dead heat. Eight ways. <laughs> you needed security out of the building. All right, there is, a, there is another golf thing happening here. It's called the Match Six. Uh, and it is, of course, uh, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady taking on Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. The olds against the youngs. You actually have plays on this, do you? I mean, you know, it's what's funny is I do think Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have have a pretty big edge here. I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I would ever make a massive play on this. I, I it, it it does border on the ridiculous if you're putting like a lot of money on this, unless it's like a very clear edge. I like one of these matches. I believe had Phil Mickelson as one of the players, and he was the only professional that was involved. Like that's a pretty easy layup win there. In this case, I mean, listen, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. I don't think minus one ninety is a bad number in all honesty, but. Am I going to put a lot of money on it, Gil? Probably not. Uh, but I, if I'm going to put anything on it, it's not going to be on Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes. It's going to be on the old guys, if you will. Do we know anything about these golfers? I mean, I guess we've seen Tom Brady play a little bit. I mean, we've seen maybe a little bit of some pro-am stuff. But just anecdotally, have you heard anything about these guys and, and what they're, you know, what what they may or may not be good at out there? Well, I definitely think we can comfortably say that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are, are definitely more seasoned at the golf game than Josh Allen, Patrick. Mahomes. And that's not just because of their age. Like we've seen them out in, in, in things, in events like this playing golf. So, I mean, I, that doesn't tell us a, a ton, but it does tell us that they, they definitely have the experience edge. And I, you know, I think categorically that they're the better golfers as well. So no, I don't know a lot about Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes in terms of how much they've played golf, but it's, we're talking we're talking a very small portion of the pie chart in terms of experience there. See you real quick. We only have about 30 seconds. Do you have any U.S. Open golf bets yet? Outrights? Anything? Ooh, no, but I'll throw out a couple names. Uh, Colin Morikawa, Xander Schauffele, uh, and if Hideki's healthy, I'll throw his name out. But but come, come to me when we're, we're a little bit closer to that, and, and I'll definitely have some more scouting for that one. We will do that. See you. We always appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. 
Thanks for having me, guys. Sia Najad, at Sia Najad, that's S-I-A-N-E-J-A-D, on Twitter. See, he's got, he's, he's going to make some bets tomorrow. Not a lot, but he's going he's gonna to participate. You're going to have some bets on it, too, aren't you? I mean, I'll, I'll have a content bet. <laughs> for the show. Yeah. For the show. Yeah, I'll have a content bet. <laughs> I think that's about as much as I'll be doing with it, too. Yeah. Oh, well, some content bets. Matt Six, right here at the win. I think they're staying at the win? I would oh. imagine so. Let's go find a, find a blackjack table with people crowded around. I have someone I might be able to ask tonight. Coming back on Beeson's Primetime Action. With Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSIN.com to check the current betting splits data. Splitting bets! Betting splits page will show you where the money and bets are moving for every game, and now it's updated every 10 minutes. 10 minutes! So you can see changes in all the action. You'll be able to see where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money does not match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but the future uh, events as well that are out there. Betting splits, another way that VEASAN is here to make you smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. It's Gil Alexander, Mateo Marron, and Kelly Binlin. That's your name in Spanish, by the way. Mateo Marron. I, uh... There's another layer. Oh. To this, um... I like layers of this. To this Tommy fam. Thing. Oh. I thought you were going DJ. <laughs> no. There's layers to that, too. But Tommy fam's good stuff, Tommy too. Fam's Please good go stuff. up. Apparently, the commissioner of that league is Mike Trout. Really? To which he said, Trout did a terrible job. Trout is the worst commissioner in fantasy sports because he allowed a lot of stuff to go on and he could have solved it all. So now he's calling out the commissioner of the league. Is this dude for real? I think this is crazy. I mean, don't get me wrong. We've all played in leagues yes. where you're like, man, dude, you're taking this way too seriously. Will you calm down? Like, it's not that big of a deal. And, like, when you're, you know, multimillionaires, you would think it's uh, even more. But, like, so, for instance, Todd Wright, who's a frequent guest of a numbers game, greatest radio host there ever was. Todd Wright, I joke with him all the time. He rules his, he's commissioners on, he's a commissioner on like multiple fantasy leagues and he rules his fantasy leagues with an iron fist. I appreciate that. I, right? As long as you're consistent yeah. as a commissioner, you can be as aggressive as I, you need to I be. love that about him, right? And But we joke about it. He, ex- he owns it completely. And then, you know, when fantasy football season ends, we kind of don't talk about it for six months. <laughs> but Tommy Pham is still yeah. so mad. Where he's now calling out Mike Trout. What is wrong with him? I mean, that was the part when, when did the story come out? Friday when we were on the air? That was the part that I had the most trouble understanding what Matt was saying. Where I was like, wait, so like he's been holding on to this grudge for like six months now. And Mike Mike Trout is the worst commissioner that's ever lived. It's like, does he expect Mike Trout to, like, call a press conference and be like, no, please, let me be the commissioners of your league. I'm really a very good commissioner. Like, how seriously is he taking this? Oh, my God. Also, nobody, any commissioner who does a good job, too, they don't like to be commissioner. No. You know what I mean? Like, no that's one a wants sacrifice. to be the commissioner of any Yeah, of the that's a leagues. sacrifice. Yeah. If you have a good commissioner, that guy has sacrificed time out of his life. To make your life easier. Very impassioned defense for commissioners. Oh, you, you know when you've done it like once, and then you're like, you know what? 
these guys don't appreciate it. You're not worth my Someone time. should ask Trout after the Angels game. Should be like, hey, uh, you know, Tommy Pham said this. And Trout should just be like, you know what? He's the worst player I've ever dealt with ever in fantasy history. <laughs> and I've commissioned many a league. <laughs> Tommy Pham oh, is by far the worst. Hey, do you guys want to hear what Dustin J- Johnson said a uh, hundred days ago in a in a press release issued by the PGA Tour? Oh, this should be good. Quote, over the past several months, there has been a great deal of speculation about an alternative tour, much of which seems to have included me and my pro- future in professional golf. I feel it is now time to put such speculation to rest. I am fully committed to the PGA Tour. I am grateful for the opportunity to play on the best tour in the world and for all it has provided me and my family. While there, while there will always be be areas where our tour can improve and evolve. I am thankful for our leadership and the many sponsors who make the PGA Tour golf's <laughs> premier tour. If my uh, mathematics are correct, a hundred days ago was right after Phil Mickelson destroyed his own life with comments, and that was DJ trying to distance himself from and, that. I mean, the biggest part of this to me is the it's not this isn't from DJ's. This wasn't DJ's tweet about it, no, Instagram post, or through his own PR people. This was through the PGA Tour. So what happened was, what happened was, he then heard how much he could make playing in these mm. tournaments. And DJ is like, I, yeah. could, I could win every single one of these. I am going to, I'm going to make a grip. I can't wait to this. see how this unfolds. Because I really, I really don't know how, I, I mean, I would think the I understand what Sia said, and there was the the language they did use is not there. I don't think they wanted to. I think they purposely made the language kind of unclear because they wanted to see how it would unfold, and then they could take whatever course of action they wanted with players. But I mean, don't you wish you could bet on this tour though, on this side tour? This is Saudi Arabian LIV. I, I mean, yeah, like assuming it, assuming I could watch it somewhere, assuming I could, ha- I knew I was going to have data fe- feeds, and, and we could actually, you know, build statistical models off it, <laughs> and, and it wasn't, you know, in the middle of the night for half the season. Yeah, I, I really wish uh, I could. Welcome to my tennis yeah. life. Yeah. Yes, I. I t- yeah, that's the problem because I'm sure there will be sportsbooks that will post odds for it. The problem is if you don't. It's not if it's not a course you're familiar with or has no course history, and if you're not, if you can't follow it easily, then you probably won't bet on it anyway. You're just gonna be like, yeah, never yeah. mind. I, I just don't know with the again. I'm not a lawyer like Sia is. Breaking news to you guys, mm-hmm. I know, but um, I I just I feel like almost any professional sports league could say. Well, your conduct is detrimental to our league. Like you're not allowed. Like we're not going to allow you to play in it. I don't know. I'm kind of fascinated by it. I, I am too. Like I am really interested interested to see how the PGA yeah. Tour responds to this. Well, what it'll there'll be two different things. One, from from moving forward, for anyone to get their tour card, they're going to have to they're going to have to like waive rights to be able to play on. Any, uh, yeah, I mean they're gonna they they're gonna to write that swear into the, to their yeah, loyalty. Like they're gonna yes. they're gonna write that into to this for sure. But I would like to see, and I'm sure I could dig into Golf Digest. I might do that tonight, whatever. But like I'm sure there is detailed list of like what all the requirements are in order to keep your PGA Tour card, and what they can do if they want to revoke your your tour card, and what then at that point like right. like constitutes re- revocation and stuff. Go. Colorado, but this Mike Smith, this just in, not an elite goaltender. That's breaking news. 
God, Anyone holding that over ticket? Good Lord, Mike Smith. Got to be feeling great. He hasn't even allowed it. Both both times Edmonton scored, his like he couldn't even let them have happiness for thirty seconds. Four to two now. The Lanch doubling up on the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, if you had the over, you are in epic bad beat territory. Yes, you are. Yes, yes, you are. You're probably right though. The golfers will have to, you know, they'll have to pledge something. I, Austin Smitherman, pledge that I will never play in Saudi Arabia. Something like that. <laughs> Smotherman. And I mean, thanks look, for blowing your top 40. Uh, you know, again, like <laughs> how I many said, finishing like, position bets did you speaking have? Of, uh, speaking and, of holding grudges. And terribly for you this weekend. Remember, we were texting on Sunday. I was like, I have so many finishing position bets completely up in oh. the air that could go one way or the other. And Matt, most of them went the bad way. How about how, how about only having four top 40 bets in which every guy made the cut? Yes. And all of them finishing outside of the top forty. You should, three, you should I, get an award for that. I that's had three impressive. of three top forties that all made the cut. None of them finished inside yeah. the top forty. So yep, that's. I know we were both on CT Pan together. Kelly. Pan, Neesmith, Ricky Fowler, and we're, all of them shot mid seventies on Sunday. Kelly Bidlin, you familiar with our uh, one and done and rookie and uh, and draft update? I don't know what the draft looked like. I'm sure I did horribly because it reflected a lot of my finishing position bets, but I know I lost to both of you guys even more ground in the one and done. That you did. More, Thanks, to, more to math than to me. Uh, Max Homa did not get it done for you. So uh, you fall further behind, and that dinner is going to be tasty. It's okay when uh, Daniel Berger cashes a 60-1 to 1 outright for me this week and my one and done. I had to. Uh... I have a feeling I'm not going to use it. <laughs> I, should, I, should, I, should, I need to put a... Uh, uh, a caution on this one as well. I haven't done anything with golf yet. Do not make Daniel Berger your one and done out there. Do not listen to me. Hey, maybe tomorrow night. See, this was me. This was me. I didn't let you guys know, but it was. I used Kevin Knob because I knew he was going to get banned. Mm. So I did. You know, I wanted to. I wanted to <laughs> oh, sneak him in. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I needed to use him right here. I knew he was going to get banned, so that's why I snuck him in. That's what that was all about. Oh uh, wait, that's a wait. That's an interesting point. Anybody on that list in the field this week? Oh, that's a good point. If they are, they're not anymore. <laughs> that's the end of them. Let me I ask don't... you a question. Let's let's say you were a middling tour golfer. Mm-hmm. Let's say you were, I don't know, give me a name of a middling tour golfer. If I was Pat Perez. Correct. Yeah. If you're Pat Perez, aren't you playing on this thing? Like, I mean, I said this on the break, and I'm – I'm being dead serious when I say this. If I'm Dustin Johnson, I'm probably playing this because for different reasons. I think you look and you understand that you're ten, you know, eight to ten years older than most of these guys that are crushing it right now, and you probably you probably understand like me winning these tournaments has gotten exponentially harder. Yeah, because the ROMs, the Shoffley's, the Morikawa's, the Hovland's, like Cam Smith, Jordan Spieth. These are, guys are all still in their 20s. Or it's what Sia said, and he's going to say, yeah, I'm going to play this, and I'm going to come yeah. back on the PGA Tour because I'm lawyered up, and I'm in the right. Zalatoris, Sungjae, Mito, Neiman. These are all guys in their 20s. Ladies and gentlemen, the Edmonton Oilers have scored again. Oh, my gosh. And it is 4-3, to three, and the total is a push. Sure, you're pushing already. The pre-flop, if you went over, you are free-rolling <laughs> For uh, for thirty seven minutes and one second on of you. hockey, good, good on, on you. you. Four to three, Avalanche. After the break, one of the hardest guests we've ever had in terms of booking. It's Danny Burke from Rush Hour. His thoughts on the NHL next. Beeson's primetime action. 
You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. The MLB season is in full swing. See what I did there? And you can play ball with the Peacock MLB Sunday Leadoff Challenge. Just draft your players and compete for free for up to $10,000 in prizes. Visit DraftKings.com slash Peacock for more info. Don't just watch your shows. Peacock them. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Well, if you had the over pre-flop of this hockey game, you are a winner with 35 minutes plus of hockey left. Five to three avalanche. Mike Smith is um how can I put this not great I heard Dan Burke ball, uh, bet the alt over at 11 and a half is that true yeah no I have no idea you have no idea let's find out ladies and gentlemen ladies and gentlemen the host of rush hour uh, which can be heard here uh, and seen Monday through Friday at the network uh one hour before we're on the air right 3 p.m Pacific 6 p.m Eastern or uh 5 p.m Des Plaines time it's Dan Burke how you doing Dan I'm doing good, gentlemen. Thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, Kelly was not accurate. Uh, I did nothing in this game. I would have done the over, but at seven, I was like, God, that feels gross to bet a total over seven. But obviously, that would have been the correct call. This is just absurd at this point. I keep refreshing my tab over here as I'm sitting getting ready for this hit, and it's just goal after goal after goal. Like, what is going on right now? Let me let me ask you a question for the because you 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 follow hockey closer than I'm guessing we do here. Do do the Oilers like at what point do they say here? Well, we've been through this with Mike Smith before. Is is it is it something they they just don't want to pull him because they don't want to kill his confidence? Are they willing to punt on this game just to have him maintain? Like what's what's the story here? It's tough. I mean, I personally have never trusted Mike Smith, and I think a majority of people never have, including Oilers and, fans. Excuse but me, Dan. Have, and just as yeah, I say on. that, a sixth goal comes in. <laughs> From Jeez. from a car. So uh, okay, continue. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, there you go. They're, they're, they're <laughs> going to the and bench. There he goes. And just on cue, they're going to the bench. <laughs> they're, go, they're going to the well, bench. Because how perfect how, timing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Just, so I didn't mean to interrupt, but I mean it seemed pretty timely. No, no, that that was uncanny. But look, again, we saw this happen to Mike Smith in game one against the Flames, right? It with the Battle of Alberta, and then he got pulled, and then he somehow figured it out, and Markstrom looked like the goalie that had no clue what was going on. But I've never, again, been a fan of Mike Smith. I kind of figured this would be a series to where he would get exposed just based on how lethal that this avalanche offense is. But to your point, you know, that's the question that I posed when the Hurricanes, they took out Ranta on that road game against the Rangers. I was like, man, you know, I kind of don't like that they did that. He's been struggling on the road regardless. I wonder if that kind of messes with his psyche a little bit going into game seven, kind of kills his confidence. Well, lo and behold, he gets exposed by the Rangers on the road the first time that's happened against the Hurricanes all postseason, and they lose the series. I think going into this, you knew what you were going to get with Mike Smith. You were just hoping that your offense could at least keep up and get out and in front early enough against Dar- Darcy Kemper, who I don't think is the greatest goalie in himself, but he's definitely better than Mike Smith. So we'll see what the Oilers can do from that standpoint. But yeah, it, it really, at this point, doesn't hurt pulling him because he's going to surrender goals regardless. It's just a matter of what the Oilers' offense can do to keep up. And he has been pulled. That is that is one of the worst goaltending performances <laughs> I've ever seen on an NHL level. They should play with two goalies. <laughs> That's just awful. They should try that next game. Six to three avalanche. For Kelly Weaves not confirmed nor denied that you can do that. Yeah, hey, I, I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, I think I could have eh, maybe hung Saved in there. a couple of those, maybe you think? Maybe hung in there. <laughs> maybe. Uh, you know, listen. Um, 
All right, Dan, let's take a look here. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little salty because of the Hurricanes losing that because I had the Hurricanes minus one and a half on the series spread. So, but looking at it objectively, as much as the Rangers are kind of like, a, I don't know what the heck is going on with this team because they were so volatile during the regular season. But Shesterkin, you talk about getting a hot goalie. This is the prime example of it. So I get people saying, hey, you look at the plus money with the Rangers and it's hard to ignore that. But when you look down at it, I mean, the Rangers had a tough first series and then they went up against the Hurricanes against a backup goalie, Ronta, who, again, his splits were atrocious. And now you're going against the Tampa Bay Lightning team who keeps getting overlooked, it seems, until this series where they're obviously the favorite. They have the championship pedigree and the difference between the Lightning and the Hurricanes is discipline. The Hurricanes committed so many penalties, it was just absolutely insane, especially at the beginning of games. And then they had to find themselves digging out of a hole in game seven and a lot of games on the road. So the difference will be the discipline that you will see with Tampa Bay. Also, the fact that Vasilevsky has that championship experience, can perform well on the road. What did he allow just three goals in the last series to one of the best offenses in the NHL, the Florida Panthers? and power play opportunities. Carolina could not capitalize on the power play opportunities whatsoever. Tampa Bay will do that. That's the difference. I think they're right in the right spot to be that big of a favorite over minus 180 in some spots. I'm not saying I'm going to lay it, but what I would do is look at the series spread once again. And the best number I saw here in Illinois was about plus 110 with Tampa Bay. Game one kind of scares me, so maybe you could get a better number because you look at it in the sense of, all right, rest versus rest for Tampa Bay or the fact that the Rangers just played a grueling seven-game series. Are they going to be ready to go with, what, one, two days off in between, whatever it is? So game one, I'm leaning toward Tampa, but I don't know if I'll pull the trigger. Full series, Tampa Bay, completely different beast than Carolina. Shesterkin has to play like a god for them to get by in this series, in my opinion. And Vasilevsky is almost as good as him throughout this postseason, if not better. So I like Tampa Bay to come through this series. All right, Dan. So uh, Kelly is all over the Celtics. I know he has a Pacific Division prop, too, but he likes the Celtics. Drew Densick was here earlier. He's all over the Celtics. He even's taken a flyer on the Celtics in five at nine to one. Please, please tell me that you're going the other way. Yes, I'm going the other way. And I know you talk about it all the time on a numbers game, what the most beautiful thing in sports. And I think that is going to come to fruition and be put on display in this series, Gil. You talk about two exhausting series. The Celtics just endured that with the Bucs, and they just had that with the Heat. And at any point, have you felt any confidence or security backing the Celtics team? I'm not saying that people were going against them in that Heat series, but they should have won that game six at home. They got complacent in a game where they should have dominated from beginning to end. Same thing happened with that Milwaukee series. They lost that game five, right? But a testament to how great they've been and what kind of pedigree they have because they came back game six and won game seven. And I'm not discrediting that, but you're not going to get away with that against Golden State. And the difference between Miami and Golden State, you got shooters all throughout. You got Jordan Poole coming off the bench. He could drop 20 plus. Clay's looking like the old version of himself. Curry's still doing Curry things. And if Wiggins can replicate what he did in the last series, this Warriors team is going to be tough to beat. I'm all in on the Warriors. I took them to win the series. I think at like minus 155. I took them game one at minus 150. I think it's like 23 and three straight up. Our home teams in the NBA finals in game one since 1996 or some insane stat like that. And then I also took a bet on Steph Curry to win finals MVP. And I know I'm not getting the best of these numbers. I'm late to the game with it. But plus 125 is what I've got. 
Iguodala won it the first time, Kevin Durant the next two times. The narrative is in his favor. If they win, he should be the finals MVP. And I think they are the better team, the more trustworthy team, home court advantage, still a solid defense, all of that. The Celtics, I've never trusted that core of Marcus Smart, Tatum, or Brown. And even though they've made it here, they've showed reasons why you can't trust them in this spot against the Warriors. So I'm riding with Golden State, Gil. Dan, one of the teams in the NFL that I have said I really cannot get a beat on, I feel like I've got a good sense of, of, of a lot of these teams out there is at least we head into you know, the stretch run here. But, man, um, the Bears, I, I just don't – I can't make anything of this team. I don't know where I feel like they're going to finish in the division. I don't know what the upside is. I don't know what the downside is. Like, what have you started to put together here as we – move into kind of the home stretch of us handicapping what these what these teams are going to look like well first things first I just want to clarify obviously I'm a Bears fan I grew up here but if there's anybody who gives the Bears more crap or just holds them more accountable you know I'd like to see that because on the city cast I'm just ragging on them constantly but I will offer a small glimmer of hope so their win totals at six and a half there's some plus money that you can get to the over and I'm not saying go run to the counter and bet it but what I will say is I don't think the Bears are going to be as terrible if I could put it that way as a lot of people are assuming they'll be yes they lost Allen Robinson but he was never a factor last season he really never lived up to the hype that you were assuming you were going to get with Allen Robinson and not all of that is his fault it's quarterback play but speaking of quarterback play finally Justin Fields can have some protection he could get more time to develop into the quarterback you want him to be and need him to be and you will finally have a competent offense with Getsy as your offensive coordinator you got Matt Nagy out of the mix you can't do worse than he did last season and you have a really favorable schedule so if Mooney can take that step forward you're assuming that Cole Komet can finally come out this year you brought on Pringle who's one of the speediest guys in the league and obviously you drafted Jones if he can develop into something you got a strong backfield with Montgomery and Herbert defense. Eh, it's not a defensive league anymore, but that will be a concern. I think the bears will be competitive in a lot of games. I'm not saying to bet the over, but that's the way I would actually lean based on just that. Everybody's knocking them down and they have an actually very favorable schedule where they could maybe get to seven wins. So I look, I'm just saying don't completely count them out. Dan, where does uh, Bing producer number six of a numbers game rank on your career highlights list? <laughs> oh, it's got to be top one. Easily. It's like 1A, 1B with other things, but it's right at the top. The host of Rush Hour on VEASAN, Dan Burke. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate it, man. You got it, guys. Take care. Dan Burke, Rush Hour, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Central Time, each and every weekday here at VEASAN. Coming back. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back on primetime action, Gil, Matt, and Kelly. Kelly uh, showing us the finer points of laying down the bunt off air. Oh, man, break. I did that. I, I, I showed Matt how to properly punt a water, an empty water bottle, which my accuracy have just, has just gotten very, very good at. You've, Matt, gotten, you, you've gotten pretty good at it. I'll Matt, admit. Matt explaining to us that he had. Uh, Deep power at the age of 12 or the age of 11? 12. And then one, once you none got to 13, none, no none, power. None. <laughs> Zapped of all that. your power. Zero. Yes. As soon as you move to the big field, no power anymore whatsoever. None. Your body size changed from all the... It was uh, just, I don't know what happened. Just It just never translated as, as well. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how he became a pitcher. <laughs> 
Yeah. All right, guys. You're not going to bet this anyway, but if you want to, Dodgers are now minus three sixty five favorites. It has moved thirty cents since we've been. Legesa hit his uh, Pirates run line big time yesterday. I think though. he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Pirates this... won that game in the end. That was dramatic. That game. moved to three sixty five now. So you know, bet it if you want to. I guess I would not. Um, eight and a half your total. If you want to bet a run line, the run line is minus one sixty five. <laughs> I mean, like, minus 165 on the run line. How about this kid Dodgers. who's pitching for the Angels tonight? Kenny Rosenberg. I think I went to Hebrew school with this kid. Yeah. He, uh, this is his <laughs> second career start. There you go, Kenny Rosenberg. Get it done. And our, if we were, we, we were, we were wondering a little bit earlier, guys, um, where maybe these guys would be, would be seen. Yeah. Tom Brady is at the Aces game. Oh, he is. Tonight. I saw that. Is that right? <laughs> so decided so, to take it to the Aces. So action. he's at the Aces tonight. How's our dream? How's, I was going to say, how's your Atlanta dream bet going? I don't know. I turned to Matt immediately. They, <laughs> did they? <laughs> I haven't seen lately. Did they? Have they played again? Oh yeah. Hold on. I'll check your Come WNBA on. standings. Yeah, as we all type in the same thing. I know. Let's They're go. five and three. Oh no, they were five and one. When we hey, just back. one game back though in the Eastern Conference. Oh. So they're on a two-game losing streak. Explain to people what you have. 100, have 100 to 1. 100 to 1 to win it all. Because, Why? Because they started the season 4 and 1? No, right? 3 and 1. 3 and 1. And Matt saw them at 100 to 1 and asked and asked Daniele, "How could this possibly be?" <laughs> she said they had an easy schedule. Yeah. And so he overrode that as like, "I'm betting it." But they've won two games since. They've lost two games. Since. It, they're yeah. 2 and 2 since we since we made the bet, but it didn't take much for me to follow right with him, Michael. Yeah, it's we okay. don't even know how many teams make the playoffs. Well, yeah, we did. It's like it's like a th- oh yeah, it's, it's like two thirds of the league. Yeah, yeah it's, it's almost like the whole silly. league. That's right. By the way, the Aces eight of the twelve. The Aces that uh, Tom Brady's taking in tonight, they're eight and one. They're a juggernaut. Las Vegas Aces, wow. winners of six in a row, should be pointed out. Well, good luck with your bet. Old Tom, Tom's courtside. Well, where did you expect him to be? Yeah. He's just sitting courtside. Hmm. Looking very entertained, sure. He looks entertained. <laughs> it's looking right. handsome. I had no idea where that was going. I was like, let's see what word comes yeah. out of his mouth. I was going to say bored because he looks oh. very bored. Oh, okay. This seems like this was. Six, M- Matt, uh, what Matt's trying to be doing it. Uh, well, I mean, it's still early. He's got. He's got some fancy dinner reservations. Remember when Matt tried to get me to do the Tom Brady diet about 17 times on the show? Oh, no, I just I kept turning that. that down. Yeah. No. Not interested. What is the Tom Brady diet? I don't know. The a, TB12. Lot, a lot of things I've never even heard of. The TB12. I said I'd pay for you to do the TB12. Yeah, yeah. See, he, he did offer to pay for me to do the What TB12. is it consistent? It makes Tom Brady superhuman. I don't know. Seeds and oils and stuff I've yeah. never even heard yeah, of. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. By the way, uh, here are my tennis picks for tomorrow. What you got? French Open. What you firing on? Let's, let's throw those up. Rude and uh, Rune? I'm on uh, Rude and Rune, the over 37 and a half games, men's quarterfinal. And I am on Marin Cilic, plus 113 versus Andre Rublev. I believe Drewski is also on Marin Cilic as well. So uh, we're simpatico on that one. That's for uh, Henry's boy out there, Skyler. Trying to see who else has tweeted me today about your picks. Well, it's funny with you know we're having a we're having a really great tournament. The last two days we gave two back, and it's so funny how like the requests go down. You're like, hey, you're up five units in the French Open. I don't need your picks anymore. You lost two in a <laughs> row. <laughs> it's the like, loser. Yeah, 
Oh, Carlitos went down. I don't need your picks. Anymore. Oh, it's all. I mean, it, we we've talked about that before, uh, but so yeah, funny. the the friends that hit you up and the. I mean, I had I had many last year when I had, was rolling in some golf outrights, but I, I think uh, a lot of my friends were really sick of seeing those second place finishes earlier in the year because I don't get many texts now. I had somebody today text me who will remain nameless, who is not a tennis guy, but he uh, he he texts me in the middle. He goes, "I just found out Rafael Nadal is the best clay court player in the world." I go, "Yes, he is. He's won thirteen of these." He goes, "You didn't bet him?" I go, "No." No, because, you know, he's been hurt. And Djokovic. Come on, Gil, it's that easy. <laughs> what are you doing? It's like, it's together. You're like, <laughs> he's like, I told you we should have bet. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you it. moron. That is, Gosh. and there it is, a glimpse into one's life. He's won so much on clay. Come Didn't on. Didn't you know he was the best clay court player in the world? What's your problem? Sorry. Yeah. There's really nothing you're saying that I could dispute. You're, you're, like, you're like, correct. Correct. I also actual now that you mentioned it, why didn't I bet him? Yes. So that was fun. There is that though. You do. Like uh, I will, when he inevitably goes on to win this tournament, I will sit there and go, what? I'm an idiot. What, what, yeah. what was I'm, I doing? I'm a complete idiot. What was I doing? Oh, did you see, uh, so going back to Tommy Pham, the the video and Isaiah, great job by Isaiah, Isaiah Wrinkle sending this to me this weekend. The video uh, that they showed right of where where he they they photoshopped the uh, the different jerseys. Mm-hmm. It's one of our loser videos. It is. Yeah, we've Jeremy, never, you could even roll it if, you, if you can if you can find it because I I lost a bet tonight. Yeah, it was this one I was told. We've run that before. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, they just oh. super. Yeah, the, and the the girl gets. There you go. That's for my first goal scorer prop. Tonight. Oh, okay. As the, so yeah. it worked for two. So they put the SD of San Diego over the girl who had that fall on her head, and Tommy Pham got really upset about it. Hey, we don't know each other that well for you to be doing that. <laughs> it's a meme, dude. Sorry. Oh, man. And Jock Peterson apologized. He's like, hey, man, I didn't mean it that way. This is for Ryan Hyatt. You ready for a Ryan Hyatt question? Let's do it. Fire. For each of you, your favorite table game or slots slash video poker type game you enjoy and find value at. If no sports betting for a year, what would you turn to? This is because you started talking about the World yeah, Series of well, Poker. I do not I do not play slots. And I don't find value in any of the games. They scored again. Colorado oh, they scored again. Colorado has now gotten the total themselves. This NFL game's getting out of control. Seven to three. Yes. Touchdown versus field goal. See what you did there. Three forty left in the second. Ten in goals. The second. Remember, Edmonton was involved in that game, that 9-6 to game, game one of the previous series against Calgary. So we're not there yet, but we're getting there. Oh, man, we knew all, I mean, who is it? Andy, Jay Khan, all these guys that love the Flames so much, this has got to be a tough game to watch right now. If I'm with a bunch of buddies, I want to play craps. If I'm by myself, I want to play blackjack. I don't want to play blackjack with my buddies because I think they're all idiots when it comes to playing and so i just don't do you let them know yeah, that, do you fair. let them know that you think they're idiots yeah 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 they they're okay with typically it. i just go and play at a table by myself right. and then like they'll come and i'll be like don't don't here here's here's my honest answer to this question when i was a younger lad mm-hmm. right i used to bet all kinds of random stuff as the years have gone on my betting has narrowed and narrowed and narrowed and narrowed and that applies to casino games as well i have zero interest now in any casino games and I used to play blackjack and craps and all that stuff. Buddies came in town. Sure, craps. Yeah. Let's go nuts. No interest. Oh, I think uh, it's definitely interesting 
like an interesting, you know, psychological thing that they, I mean, for the amount of times that I drove 45 minutes an hour to Hollywood, Florida to go to the Hard Rock to, mm-hmm. to play blackjack or something for the night. And then, like I can, you know, we I could I could be at a table in in twenty feet away, and, and you never you know, you so rarely do it. But yeah, like I had friends in town this weekend, and it was yeah, it was a lot of that. Like you said, Matt, I, a great craps game going with some good people is always a good time. Now I lost a lot of money right away, so I quickly went back to blackjack. Where yes, I feel like you know at least I have a little bit more control over things and how much you know how much money I've got spread around and stuff. But yeah, pe- people's people's uh, behavior there. Can impact how you're less feeling. Than half an hour. Yeah, I will go donk off a little bit at a roulette table. You'll do what now? Like if I have less than <laughs> half an hour. Like, I just wanted clarification on that. I roulette. I, I can yeah. never get by roulette. It's it's like go for oh the Edmonton gosh. Oilers. They ain't done yet. Seven four. Favor of Colorado. Is this better than most of the baseball games that are that, that nine sixth game is in jeopardy now. By the way, I completely agree with you about the behavior of my friends though. Part of the reason why I've lost interest over the years is that they they have learned nothing over thirty to forty years of this. Yeah, I mean they haven't, well, been, they haven't been that long, but but yeah, maybe they have thirty years, twenty thirty years. They have learned nothing about anything. My guy still thinks that someone's behavior always screws him. He never remembers the times that it helps him. Right, that drives me crazy. The confirmation bias is real. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of stuff like that. And plus, at least if you're with a group of buddies, like. With craps, typically, if you're winning, everyone's winning. If you're yeah. losing, everyone's losing. Yeah. Whereas blackjack, like, I could be on this huge heater, and then you're just losing <laughs> every single hand, and you're just like, yeah. We've done all we can do. I'm sure there'll be uh, 100 more goals scored. Nightcap will be there for you during that. Tim Murray, Sean King from Circa. Enjoy from Visa, the Sports Betting Network.